This is Digital Podcaster, hosted by Dylan Schmidt. Welcome to the Digital Podcaster podcast. My name is Dylan Schmidt. Thank you for joining me today. I'm super excited to share this chat with you. Uh, my guest today is Diana Gladney, and Diana Gladney is a video expert. I've been following her for quite some time now on YouTube, and she does an amazing job at breaking down all of the video processes because it can be confusing, right? Video is one of those tricky things. I think similar to podcasting in some ways where you can go far down the rabbit hole and it can start to get complicated really quick. Um, but luckily there's people like Diana out there who make it simple and become an expert, but still don't forget about us beginners and break down all of it really simple. So from Diana's bio, she helps busy entrepreneurs simplify video creation so they can amplify their business and their brand using video. So if you're a personal brand creator, influencer, even if you don't totally call yourself one of those things, but loosely identify with that, this interview will help you a ton. I picked, walked away with so much with chatting with Diana. I know you will too. So I'm really excited to just get in and share. So here's my conversation with Diana and Gladney. Enjoy. Welcome, Diana, to Digital Podcaster. Thank you so much for being here. It is a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for bringing me on. And I got to say, so I don't know if it's my iPhone's uh, microphone um, okay. tracking me, because I thought they like have gotten a little bit tighter on the privacy. But these days, for like the last like month, anything I look up, your face pops up first. <laughs> so like <laughs> SEO-wise, you were crushing it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking up like... Uh, some things that I'm like, okay, Diana doesn't even really do this thing. And then I'll look it up. And then it's just like, let me show you my settings for this. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like <laughs> you were like, you were everywhere. Um, how long have you been doing this? Um, actually since we're at the end of the year. So this will close out my, I guess, fifth year. And then like next year be 2022 heading into six years of making video content. How did you get into making video content? It seems rather obscure in a way. Yeah, for sure. Like I'm uh, super introverted. Like I'm not one of those people that when the selfie stick came out, everybody was like, man, I got to I'm like, no, you all are stupid. That looks ugly. Mm -hmm. Like it's ridiculous. And here I am like, so this is the best selfie stick that you need to get. It's like, so, <laughs> so I got started really just because of my coach. Cause like my whole, everything was just like, that's not me. That's not, you know, who I am and stuff that I'm interested in. Uh, but it was at the point, like I had Honestly, struggled with uh, endometriosis. I didn't know it at the time when 16 months was like incredible pain and wind up going into emergency surgery. Well, coming out of that surgery, I just was a completely different person, like because, um, you know, you kind of get get the scares and they wake up and waving papers in your hand like, hey, we almost lost you because X, this and this and that or whatever. And here's the issues. And by the way, you're going to have a lifelong debilitating disease. So good luck with that. Uh, you know, cool. it's like so. um you wake up very different. You go to work very different. And so I decided to get really serious about, you know, figuring out and uncovering what my purpose was and getting to work on that. That led me into hiring my first business coach. And the first thing come out, out of his mouth, like first call is like, okay, so we need to get you started in video and you need to start doing these. Like we're going to get you done with 30. And I'm like, what do who, what, how many? <laughs> and so Had you done video before. Oh, heck no. No, I wasn't really even, no cycling like the same six, seven photos on Facebook. Like, you know, new profile picture from two years ago. <laughs> new yeah, profile what were picture. you like? 
posting about? What were you saying? I wasn't like, I was like Mm -hmm. on there on Facebook, like everybody else, um, on YouTube to just like enjoy it. Um, so I had never even like searched a query around making money with this, starting a business there. Like I didn't, I get, I understood like people had businesses online and like people were making money with stuff, but I didn't have any clue of what I do now or like none of that was a thing for me. I just was like everybody else consuming. Wow. And how did you find your business coach? YouTube. YouTube. Yeah. Oh, wow. So, so you were just like cruising? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I got started like listening to podcasts a lot. And so I was like, okay, somebody has to already have figured this out. Right. And I get books are important, but books cannot keep up like physical written books cannot keep up with the speed of digital technology. Both have their place. But if I wanted the most recent whatever content, then I needed a podcast. And so that led me into a search that um, I came across. Like I under- I had heard and understood barely like the concept of passive income. And that led me to Pat Flynn and Pat Flynn mm-hmm. talked about who his coaches were. And I started listening to that podcast. And then they start talking about other people that me, like Ray Edwards, Cliff Ravenscraft and, you know, Michael Stelzner. And so I started listening to these guys and I'm like, okay, well, all of this sounds great, but you got to do some level of selling and stuff. So I went to YouTube and searched like how to get better at like selling. Cause I knew that would always be an aspect of it. And I always felt uncomfortable, just couldn't do it. And put in that YouTube query, my coach came up and not only did he come up, he came up with like hundreds and hundreds of videos that he had done. And I just started consuming his content like crazy to the point I felt really connected with him and finally reached out and then uh, eventually hired him. That's so interesting. You say that like 2010, um, 2011, I went through a breakup, found a mentor that I didn't even know I was looking for on Twitter. And he was just posting so many tweets just like relationship stuff that really helped me. And I just was binging his content for months and months. And I didn't know that at that time that like, then I was going to hire him and then it was just going to change my life and the trajectory of my entire life from some tweets, right? Mm-hmm. Like this was pre Instagram. Um, and it really just, it literally changed my whole life. And, mm-hmm. uh, hearing you say that about finding your business coach and then binging the content really, I think speaks to like the volume at like the importance level. Um, yeah, we're like a sample size of two, but it sounds like we both had our lives changed by consume, binge consuming someone's helpful content online. Is that right? I can absolutely say that because same, same like you mentioned earlier, it's like where, whatever question you have, wherever you're, you're at, I want to be there also. And I also want to have that answer now. I'm out cause we'll actually do like audits of the channel. And look through what is missing. What are questions that we're still getting or people are still asking, but we don't have a dedicated resource around. And when I went to uh, my coach on YouTube, it wasn't anything about his subscriber numbers. It wasn't anything about him like being live all the time. Like none of that honestly mattered to me. I just wanted to go and get my questions answered. And I literally could add to at the time I still was using the iPod. (laughs) So just like Mm -hmm. because of the the storage, uh, I could load up my iPod. I could load up my phone with whatever questions in the right order that I thought that I would need them and just continuously listen. And he just kept having the answer. So I'm like, you already are helping me. I like, I don't see anybody else feeling this need the way that you are already are. So let me just go ahead and work with you. Got it. And when you see like the, the beginning of what you were doing, were you like, cause I don't know, like, I mean, what's, what's, I guess, let me ask, what's your favorite, like social media these days? Like where are you spending your time? Um, it still would be YouTube. 
Yeah. So it would be you not because I make like video content or whatever, but it's sa- it's same rules apply. Questions, mm-hmm. things that I have, whatever kind of query I can put it in uh, YouTube and get something that is going to tickle my fancy for at least like an hour worth of content. So it's definitely YouTube. Yeah, that's cool. And when you were like kind of building your yeah, when you were building your your brand in the beginning, were you, what were you focused on? Because like your content, like from the audience perspective spans like helpful, educational, like more like mindset approach. Like you really cover multiple bases. And how did you like do that when you were first starting out? Did you just focus on educational or did you just focus on mindset or did you do both for the beginning? So the thing for me was my channel was nothing of what it's about today in the sense like helping entrepreneurs simplify video creation. None of that was like the focus. When I first got started, like honestly, my thing was really refining my message and getting it to a point that I felt uber comfortable like with where I was. But I I wasn't at the time. Um, so I wanted to I knew at least how to help entrepreneurs start uh, their business from scratch. To the point of like from a state side, federal side or whatever, some of the personal development that you would need, you know, to uh, get some of the grit to get going and like start pursuing it. That led me into um, it's like the more you speak your message, the more it comes out. And so yeah. that led me into like with obviously doing the video challenge that my coach had me doing. OK, well, I finished the first 30. It took me instead of like maybe two months or something like that. It took me like almost like four or five. So it took me a long time to finish those 30 videos. But once I got done, I was so proud with what I had done and how, and I also was looking at how bad they suck, not from, (laughs) I guess, content perspective, but just getting to the point, uh, editing and all the stuff. So I just kept doing that. Well, I hit up on a frustration around, like, I want my videos to look like XYZ person's videos, but they have this camera that I don't understand. And let me see if I can find information about this stuff so I can get back to doing what I want to do. Once I did one or two videos around like the video stuff, just like, hey, if anybody else is like me and you've been struggling to figure out X, Y, and Z problem, here's the solution that I found. It's the easiest way I found to do it versus what everybody else says. Those videos did way better than any other videos I had did. And the audience wind up responding to that as well. So I wind up transitioning because my audience was like, we like that stuff better. We like how you explain that better. Like you got a handle around that. So that's what I led with. And so that stuff still carries on. Obviously, personal development will carry you wherever you go because it def- helps you build and grow as a person. So that's how the brand kind of morphed and, and changed over time. That's awesome. That's awesome. So you when you were st- it was kind of like what pivoted was sharing the issues that you found solutions to and then just sharing them with your community being like, hey, this is. This is what I ran into, and this is the solution. Mm-hmm. And more focused on the solution rather than problems, I guess. Yep. That's so cool. And before you did the video challenge, were you doing like, so you weren't doing any video editing nothing. or anything like that? Nothing. I, I knew You nothing. just had a desire to. I didn't, honestly. I just wanted my no? stuff to look better. Like, that was the thing. I got better at video kind of like on accident because my mm. goal was never to become an authority in like the video space. Like it had nothing to do with video, honestly. My my thing was about me making my stuff look better and just literally me trying to be better. And so when I started searching for answers and stuff, um, I was just like, okay, now let me implement this in my next very next video. So I bought, bought the camera. I think it arrived like November 2016 or something like that. And so that, that uh, November got the camera and then I'm like, okay, day one, 
Let's make a video. I don't care if it, how it looks, but let's start that process of being better. So that was literally my only goal was to like get my stuff, my, my audio, my video, my lighting and sound and look better. Nice. Yeah. Question for you. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, yeah, of course, question for you. I, probably got a few. <laughs> I, got, I got more questions than we would have time for. Um, but um, someone would be listening to this. And then I know because like I would hear it in my head too. And like they go, okay, cool, Diane. Great for you. Like you started five years ago, you know, you were able to make all that content, but basically five years in the internet world is like 50 years in a way because of how fast things move. Mm. And now if I start now, it's going to be, it's already more saturated. There's not enough, you know, there's not enough room for me to pop up as a creator. Mm-hmm you know, talking about the specific thing I want to talk about. Um, what would you say to someone who's thinking that? Five years is just enough for me to get my baby booties on. <laughs> like <laughs> it sounds like, and it looks like, and I get it. And I'm, I'm definitely grateful for everything that has, you know, happened in the brand and, and, you know, all the opportunities and, su- and such. But the thing is, it's like, you don't know who needs you right now you you have may have some idea but you really don't know and understand because you don't see the names and you don't have the faces i literally still have people that uncover me for the very first time today and it was maybe based off of the last video that i just did and not the video that was five years five five years ago and so honestly if you really only think about it the the videos that tend to do best are like a year or two old as far as relevancy to the sometimes like the targeted audience they'll find the older videos a little bit later but more more or less it's the newer stuff that you're putting out so 5 years 1 to 2 years is still going to pass anyway and there still may not be an adequate answer to people's questions that you may be that answer to and not everybody vibes with with the same folks you know there's some people that put out content or they make videos about a certain thing And people have to subject themselves to listening to them and learning from them because there are no other options. There's no such thing as like saturation in the market because everybody has their own group of people that they're designed to serve. But if you're too afraid to get started, then first we got to deal with and handle that fear. But secondly, understanding that's not true. YouTube is just the teenager that you barely, you know, want to leave at home by themselves. You know, saying if you have it a night out, they're not old enough not mature enough to really, you know, do anything massively like they, like you would think. So Mm -hmm. if you put it into perspective like that, honestly, it's like you still have plenty of time, five, 10 years are still going to pass anyway, but where are you going to be and what are you going to be committed to when those five years come? I had no idea that this is where things were going to go, but you at least got to sign up for (laughs) the long Mm -hmm. run and just know that you're assigned to help certain people and they are suffering because you are too afraid to show up because you think you haven't done any research. You have no analytical data, no empirical data to go off of that. You're just going off of your feelings and feelings aren't facts. Yeah. Feelings aren't facts. Yeah. Um, that is amazing. And like, I got this thing over here. Like you, like I got memory cards over here. Okay. <laughs> memory cards. I yes. got a pack of memory cards, right? I don't know much about memory cards. They just... They capture the memory. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, that's the scientific reasoning definition right there. Right. <laughs> um, they're cards and they got memory. They got memory. They got um, better memory than I do. Um, you posted, I think it was yesterday or, mm-hmm. or the algorithm, depending on how the algorithm showed me yesterday. <laughs> uh, um, it was like a picture of a memory card and it just said something like, do you know what any of these, what these things mean? Like, no, I don't actually like, but like the way you deliver 
just helpful pieces. Like it's just in a way, like, I don't know, so many other people could just simply put up a memory card and then be like, you know, this is a memory card. Here's what it does. And it's like boring. And I feel like I'm back in class and I don't want to be back in class, but you deliver things in a way that like make me go, huh, this is you. Like I, I, I really learn better from you because you help me see things from an angle like that. I don't really get anywhere else. Like all the stuff you're saying, I'm just like, yes, yes, yes. That's exactly, (laughs) that's exactly what I feel like, you know, it's like, you know, your audience so well, and that allows you to be a better educator in a lot of ways. Is Mm -hmm. that accurate? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. That's one thing. One of the things I learned from my mentors, Ray Edwards, which is like, he has this pastor framework. And so that, that, uh, pastor word is an acronym. So the P stands for person problem and their pain point. If you don't understand your person and you don't understand their problems and you don't understand their pain points, and I will add on to that, their right now pain points, most content that you're going to put out is going to be irrelevant to them because it's not dealing with what they care about. I always use the example of going to the doctor and let's say you just had, I don't know, a, a toe get chopped off by the lawnmower, God forbid, you know, but you're yeah. carrying your toe in a cup with ice and you're like, Doc, help me. <laughs> and he's like, man, your hair looks awesome today. Like, who is your style? And you're like, sir, I am bleeding. Help me. Like, I need help. They're like, yeah, but like, tell me more about like, so how did they get the curl? And so what did they do to straighten that for? It's like, dude. And that's kind of like the same approach with, with content for some people. You're having a right now pain point issue. But they're not understanding who you are and what your goals are, nor are they, you know, really concerned with your right now problems. So they're not putting that content first. But that may be that they're trying to attract another type of audience. I always say that your your content needs to always be attracting and repelling, attracting the right people, but repelling the wrong people. But if nobody is out there serving in your space the way that your people need you, then you think oh, man, they're too good. There's too many good people out there. I'm never going to beat these big names and blah, blah, blah. You're not in competition. Only pre- only, only goal needs to be helping people. So, like, yeah, everything about making the content in a way that really resonates with your folks is literally understanding who you're, who you're helping with what specifically and understanding, like, their right now problems. Yeah, that's huge. And, yeah, and it's funny you say that about, like, talking to the wrong thing because – you might follow somebody and then you're like, wait, what? But it's interesting too. Like I, I almost hesitate bringing up this example, but then there's the people like Mr. Beast. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like millions of views per video. Mm-hmm. And like, it's almost like part of, well, I guess he's still making it for his audience. Right. But like mm-hmm. part of his thing is like absolute randomness of the videos. You know, it's like, Hey, we did this extremely off the wall thing that no one saw coming. Essentially. That's almost what it feels like is like, Let's do something that no one saw coming. So the thing with I love Mr. Beast's I don't watch his content, but I love his like mm-hmm. mindset and everything around it. The thing that people have to understand, like with those people, they're like, oh, well, that's an outlier. And they're just no, they still are still it's the same thing, a person, a problem and their pain point. And sometimes for some people, it's the joy of just not knowing what's going to happen in that excitement, because 2020 wasn't like a super exciting year for people in a way that they could like really do stuff. So what do you do? Like TV sales went up, uh, internet, you know, like you may saw some increases in the bill, but the, the rate of consumption went up. Um, you know, Netflix knows like if somebody's not consuming the content, like they're not embedded into the story within 90 seconds, they're gone. They'll leave the app. So everybody's aware of what people need to get folks attention in the same way. Most people kind of have their favorite comedian. 
They have certain actors and actresses that they like. Everybody has an outlet. And for his target audience, it may seem like randomness or whatever, but he knows their trigger points in the fact like you want something different. You want something new and unexpected that keeps you excited on your toes. I'm going to deliver that kind of content for you because he's addressing a problem, not like let me help you solve your business woes. But no, let me help bring joy to you and laughter and excitement and feelings like feelings still is is very much so attached to anything you do. And he does that yeah. exceptionally well. Totally. Yeah, totally. And I'm similar to you where I like, yeah, I don't consume his content, but the mindset, like I'll watch videos about, I've watched more videos about Mr. Beast than mm-hmm. I have actually watched Mr. Beast videos. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like his thumbnail philosophy, you know, um, all those videos I just love. Um, okay. Something that has literally stuck on my mind. And by, by me finally getting to ask you this, <laughs> I am going to like, you don't even know how much mental relief it's going to give me. Um, live streaming. So I see you talk about live streaming. Mm-hmm. I see live streaming a thing, but like from an ultra, I feel, I, I feel like this is, it's going to be hard for me to formulate just like this clear cut thing because it's a, it's a vague, it's vague, but like live stream, like what, what is like, do you, do you live stream? Mm-hmm. I guess you do. And mm-hmm. where do you live stream? I live stream to YouTube. To YouTube. And then what do you talk about on the live streams? We address, I'll put it this way. It's like, cause most people, I guess they would assume like, am I talking about the same thing I just made a video about because they already watched the video. So what is there to talk about? The difference is like understanding, like same way you have open-ended and closed-ended questions or statements, you now have closed-ended or open-ended type content. If I'm only going to say that memory card that you held up, let me just explain things about it then that's just close-ended. If I say, which memory card should you get for cameras that you're considering? And here's why I think you should maybe consider this one, um, perhaps. Or if I'm saying, here are some cool options that may be able to help you, or let's discuss this. I'm open, I'm, I'm formulating this question in a way that's open-ended. Or I'm saying, should you get this X, Y, and Z memory card for your video content? question mark that question mark is open-ended because i'm saying like let's let's uncover like is this what's really right and let's have a conversation around it so when you have content that is going between things that people are concerned about like your live stream content is like let let us talk about it together not i'm going to dictate to you something you know like the clear eyes guy yeah Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) but let's have a conversation around this and answer any questions that you have and frustrations around it let's talk about it that's Did you say clear eyes guy? Yeah, the clear eyes guy is like Ben Stein. Yeah, it's like so. Uh, oh it's my like, gosh! <laughs> I brought him up the other day, and someone was like, "Who? I don't remember that guy." And I was like, "That guy was everywhere on Every, all the commercials." Clear eyes. Yes. Like yes. Ben Stein was the man of like, was it the nineties? Yeah, I would say the nineties for sure. Early, always bow tie or something, suit, quirky. Always. Yeah, always. Bueller. Blew my mind when I told Bueller. a friend, I was like, "Dude, Ben Stein." <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How do you not remember Ben Stein, dude? He was like every commercial. Um. So. So how often do you live stream? Um, it's been once a week. I'm changing that now uh, a little bit, but it, even like with other stuff that I'm doing, I'm usually some form of a live stream multiple times per week. But for my dedicated show on uh, Fridays is on Fridays once a week. And uh, how long is a live stream? So <laughs> we've been trying for the longest time to get like to like one or two hours, but we have like what we call these five hour energy live streams. We're literally for five <laughs> hours straight nonstop, even three hours sometimes. Uh, I'm just literally answering question after question 
after question. So it varies, but uh, we've been trying to get like to one or two hours, but like it's crazy. So those five hour energy live streams, it's like it's, it's usually on accident. It's never a planned thing. They literally just want to keep discussing or commenting or asking questions about different things. And it's just you on the, I mean, of course. And then, so it's, you go live Mm -hmm. and then you maybe have like some type of a starter agenda. Is that right? Sometimes. Sometimes. Sometimes Sometimes, you're just freestyling. Yeah. Sometimes it's not about me having any prepared talk per se. It's not like I'm going to teach this first and then you can ask questions about what I taught unless I uh, have really have a dedicated topic. Then I'll spend like maybe the first 20 minutes doing nothing but that. Maybe it's slides associated or something like that. But if it's a couple points, I'll address those couple points. But because you'll you can schedule that in advance, uh, maybe you've been making regular videos about it. Now it's time to like open the door for conversation around it. They're ready to go. So, you know, sometimes it's just like at a AMA or Q&A, which is AMA, ask me anything. And it's just like, OK, y'all have questions. And sometimes it's just literally about whatever they have questions about sitting and just answering questions. I love it. I love it. I was um, I got a Rodecaster Pro mm-hmm. and uh, you popped up on when I was looking up like settings, you know, mm-hmm. and I have like an audio engineer. This is like the thing though. like I have an audio engineer background, <laughs> went to school for it. And I was still like, let me just YouTube this, you know, because um, why do it alone? And mm-hmm. then you pop up and I'm going through it and you're talking about the sound effects on there. And it, it got me thinking, I was like, oh, wait, sound effects. But and you were talking about it on the stream. And uh, I think it was a metal, metal gear. Marigold salad. Yep. Yeah. What yeah. was that noise now? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was the cracker. I was like, I need that. And I was like, but when would I use it? That was also the thing. I was like, when would I use it? And then I was like, wait, when does Diana use it also? Um, so it got me curious. And then it's been like stuck in my head for a while now. So live streams are just a great way to teach and connect with the audience and really just kind of like relax and create that long form. And then do you take those and make them podcasts? No, I don't. Um, I've only done it a couple times if it is a really good conversation that I, I think deserves like to be repurposed in that way. But usually the live is just the live. So that's one of those siloed pieces like you got to be in the room and you can catch the replay. Sometimes replays do stay up. Most of the time they do. Some of them they do come down. But it's it's um, really about removing that veil that sometimes can be there because of the videos. People will perceive certain things or they'll perceive like I, I never make a mistake. I never mess up that I'm always quote unquote on like you're always rip roaring ready to go or something versus um, and especially like I'd say like even my content at times is very clinical is very straight to the point kind of a deal mm-hmm. that doesn't leave yeah. time for the quirkiness or the jokes or whatever because again you dealing with a right now problem you're trying to f- solve this and get back to work not you know sit and watch I don't know a comedy show for an hour or whatever yeah. so in a live mm-hmm. stream it really helps to connect with your audience in a way that honestly recorded videos can't do in a sense. Uh, sometimes you can, but to an extent, but live streaming really lets them see, do you really know your stuff? Uh, can you really answer questions on the fly? Like, and do I really, really vibe with you? And that just opened up a whole new door of connection uh, with my community just by live streaming. That's amazing. That's amazing. That sounds fun. I, I'm going to go back and, and watch them too. And do you do a podcast as well or? Yep. Not currently. Yeah. Yeah. I do want to. Video Simplified Podcast. It releases every Monday. Yes. That's awesome. And then you're active. And then I see you on Instagram, but on mm-hmm. the other platforms you're doing it, uh, I would imagine as well. I feel like you're just omnipresent. 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, we have our main main places, uh, which is YouTube is our, our headquarters, if you will. Um, we're on TikTok and we post there or I post there. And then we have uh, Instagram and then uh, now really introduced and getting deeper into LinkedIn. So it's yeah. other stuff like you will have like Snapchat. You may have whatever other kind of platforms. But mm-hmm. where my people are, I want to be there also in a way and delivering content that's contextualized to that platform. Yeah. Have you heard, I, I keep hearing about LinkedIn's organic reach, you know, mm-hmm. it seems like a, almost like a buzzword at this point. And it almost feels like one of those things that it's talked about so much that it's going to be not even a thing. Mm. But yeah, I keep hearing LinkedIn organic reach um, is a great place. But um, yeah, I'll have to, um, and everyone listening, follow Diana on those platforms. Um, I'll include those in the show notes. Um, we got to, I don't even know too much about a stream raid, but <laughs> what, have you heard sh- the word stream raid before? Yep. yep. Yeah. I used to, when I used to be in the video game community, um, we used to do raids. The other people just like show up on their live stream. It's just like, uh-huh. hey, 30 people just show up. Where y'all coming from? So we go from <laughs> such and such channel. <laughs> that's so cool. So, and um, yeah, that's so cool because like I love video. Do you still play video games? I don't. I don't. Yeah. I, I, it, it's like, so for me, I'm one of those people where <laughs> if I have a console again, you will notice content will diminish at an exceedingly rapid rate because I would just want to be in that game. And so yeah. it's like, I kind of have to, I'll watch gameplays and stuff like that, or even like still hop on live streams occasionally. But it's like, I can't right now. Cause it's just, if I do you just become a Twitch streamer, no, 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 no. <laughs> if I do that, it's just like, Hey guys, no, no more live stream. I'm not doing nothing else. You can follow me on Twitch for gaming. Yeah. Those Twitch streamers, like, um, I'll watch Dr. Disrespect mm-hmm. on YouTube because I, I don't really go on Twitch too much. I just kind of stay on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was just looking last night, like I'll sit at home, sit at, at night when I like watch TV. I'll usually cruise YouTube like recommended mm-hmm. and like your videos pop up like 20% of the time, <laughs> uh, just because on that suggested algorithm. But Dr. Disrespect, I saw last night, he had like, I mean, he streamed for like eight and a half, nine hours, mm-hmm. you know, like at the intense level of playing. It doesn't feel like it. Like that's the thing. You... You see the 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 time frame after the fact, like mm-hmm. the but you really don't like time passes differently when you're live. It just really does because you're not there by yourself. It's kind of like with hanging with friends at the same yeah. extent because you assume like, oh, man, you've been at their house all day. Or maybe your parents <laughs> would have said like, oh, man, you've been over such house all day. Didn't feel like it. We did this. Right. And then we did that. And then next thing you know, it's like eight, nine, ten o'clock. It's like, sorry, didn't mean to come home late or whatever. But time passed differently. You know, when you're doing mm-hmm. something you literally enjoy. So, yeah. yeah, it's like the five hour energy live streams. Even. It's like, it's like, man, you did five hours. It's like, it didn't really feel like it. You know, you yeah. recognize when three hours hit and you're like, all right, let's just get to the last questions. And you're like, okay, we're going to go to five hours, I guess. Keep going or whatever. <laughs> you know, what's interesting hearing you say that makes me think like people could spend hours making like one TikTok video or an Instagram Reels video. Mm-hmm. And like, they'll be like, oh my gosh, it took so much time to put in this video just to create this one 15 second video. Mm-hmm. But then like you could stream for hours and you're, it's almost like a different enjoyment level too, because I don't know that many people that would love editing a TikTok 15 second video to the point where like crazy transitions and outfit changes and all that stuff. Like for the most part, I feel like people would get burnt on that pretty quickly, but like being able to have that experience of like talking with friends and all that stuff, that seems fun. Yeah. I mean, honestly, and it's like, I love, I love TikTok, so I'm all in for it. But I mean, the thing is though, even when it comes to TikTok, it's the editing doesn't seem like a chore because you're taking the idea that you have in your mind and you're bringing it to life. So mm-hmm. again, that, that hour, two hours, like 
And then sometimes I think people complain about the amount of times that something takes creatively just because they haven't built any muscle with it. They don't have any grit. No, it's no skin in the game, really. So everything is super hard. Like your first edit video edits for anything that you're doing may take you about four and something hours if you if you keep at it for the same day. So but once you develop the muscle memory because you're used to editing, you get it's just like anything else. You don't think about the chore of driving. But when you were 15, 16, just learning to drive, you fuck out oh, everything, you know, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so now too. I still think about that. I go, let's just act like I'm 16 again. What's that fun feeling of driving when mm-hmm. I'm sitting in traffic? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Um, so a couple questions from the community here. Um, feel free. It's simple. Well, I mean, video simplified. Um, <laughs> shout, shout out. <laughs> um, what? is the best program to use for editing videos when you have zero understanding of editing videos? Mm. So two schools of thoughts on this. Um, the first one is you can start with something simple like a Wondershare Filmora that is not the Filmora Pro, but the Wondershare Filmora basic uh, video editing program. So it's available for Windows machines as well as for Mac. Um, I started there. Actually, I didn't start there. I started with another company, but I'm not going to say the name. But I would say <laughs> Wondershare Filmora because... It can help get you into the right mindset and give you just enough high enough ceiling that you can start to have the lower thirds effects, have the title screens and things like that. But the other thing, the other school of thought around that is I say go with where you intend to stay to an, to an extent. So if like if you think Final Cut Pro is going to be your thing or you think Premiere is going to be your thing, like maybe try those also and just like find your teacher that is using that that you want to learn from. Because the learning curve is still going to be the same, even if you have one, two, three, four years on Filmora, you'll know elements that you want to add to your video, but you still won't know the program. So that learning curve essentially can become the same. But um, if you really just want to get started, I'd say Wondershare Filmora, though, uh, is a good place to start so you can wrap your mind around the elements of editing, really start to get better at it. Then when you feel like you're being restrained, now go choose between like your Premiere or your Final Cut Pro. I use Final Cut Pro 10. And then make that transition. Yes. Love it. I love it. Um, I've been getting more acclimated with Final Cut Pro over the years. And Mm -hmm. like Premiere to me is like, the text is so tiny. I'm like, I mean, it just, oh man, like it's just, I'm like Final Cut Pro. I saw a good, would you say this is accurate? I saw an explanation the other day is like Premiere is great if like video editing is your job and you're doing this for multiple clients and you need Mm -hmm. like certain types of workflows. And Final Cut Pro is more for the person that is shooting, editing, and publishing the piece, and you like want a little bit more of a simplified, user-friendly experience. I don't know. I saw that in a Reddit thread, and I'm just like mm-hmm. regurgitating it. But yeah, it's um, like I my thing is like I feel like it's different kinds of of people, like in how you learn best. Um, mm-hmm. When I came from Wondershare for more. It's like, okay, these are the things that I want to do. And I wind up researching because I'm like, okay, is this like just the knockoff program, like where it's available and some people use, but it's not the thing to know, like, or do. So what I found was like Griffin Hammond, who's an an incredible uh, filmmaker and creator. um, If you, if anybody likes Sriracha, the sauce uh, uh, he huge, did too yeah. much of it. way too much of it on all my food. Yeah. <laughs> so I, yeah. I can't do spice. I tried it. It tastes great, but it, I, the spice, I just, I can't handle it, oh, but it's a sickening level amount. I <laughs> you'd be repulsed. See, 
everybody like loves Sriracha. Okay, well, he went and did and found like the creators of Sriracha and did a story around it. And I've just like watched his work, um, even like the presidential elections and stuff like that. He'll be on with uh, the news stations and stuff like that and actually handling the edit- editing for that and produced uh, a short film that went on to do very well just around the Sriracha film. Okay, was well, that the one that was like it talked about like their whole process? I think I saw that on online. It was like the process of. Where they're at, like the factory, mm-hmm. would they have anything to do with the winds blowing the, uh, I don't, about the, I don't recall, but I know they did go like to the factory and stuff. But mm-hmm. I mean, the thing is like, I watched his work. And mm-hmm. so the whole point initially was like, go judge if Final Cut Pro is good enough, like, yeah. or am I going to learn something only to have to switch again? And yeah. I was so ingrained into what he was doing. I'm like, you know what? A good edit doesn't need all of the hoopla or whatever not that you can't add it and not that it's not impossible or you know easily done in final cut because it is but it just showed me like there's more to editing than just all the lower thirds and effects that i think at the time that i need it but it's not you know and so you learn again the elements of a good video and your vibe and your style and stuff and there's not been anything that i wanted to do really in final cut pro that i just couldn't do you know so it's possible so uh, that was my thing on it nice nice i'll drop those links in the show notes too um Last community question. So not feeling like I have a big effect on people because I'm a solo creator and I don't have a co-host. I feel like both you and I are also this person. Because <laughs> like, you, you don't have a co-host, right? Yeah. So don't have a big effect on people because I'm a solo creator and I don't have a co-host. What would you say to that? I would say the, the bigger problem has nothing to do with the co-host and it's more of a mindset issue. Because if you think you need somebody else to validate the worth of the what you what you're going to say or teach or talk about, or if you feel like you're too boring, that's your opinion of yourself. And again, feelings aren't facts. So what data do you have that suggests that that's right other than a feeling? And most people start off in obscurity. Obscurity is always going to be people's biggest problem. But what have you also done to become known? Just like you keep saying, like, well, I was searching for this. And of course, I saw you come up. It's like, yeah, worked at making sure that for those relevant pieces that make sense to my my target audience, you're going to find me. There's going to be content on the channel around it. I don't need somebody else to validate the what I'm doing or to make it worthy to show up. And so that's what I would say to that person is like, probably do some personal development and really looking at the value that you bring. Not that, you know, demands that someone else is putting on you, but you have worth and value already as as you are today is already good enough. You don't need another person to validate that. Now, it's fine if you want another person, but your feelings in this area are not true to what the reality is. That's beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) Dang, I could like I could listen to you talk all day. (laughs) <laughs> I, I, I just, I'm going to put a playlist of your videos on, um, actually I will be listening to you. I'm going to actually, this is, this is how great, like this is, is like, I feel so fired up that like after this podcast ends, I will be then hopping on YouTube to find more of your content. And <laughs> that just, I think speaks as much like, and I'm not just saying that like for reals, for reals, like that just speaks, I'm, that's my way of giving you praise of like the words you're saying are like, they're like popping bubble wrap in my head of just like, Oh, that's, that's nice. That's really nice. Um, yeah. Um, I don't want to 
take too much of your time because um, you have streams and um, all the thousands of videos you make. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, there's there's got to be a way that I mean, like every um, every video that I search is you on it. Um, so I know you're busy. Um, last thing, and this is open ended question or mm-hmm. close ended <laughs> open close. <laughs> I got me rethinking everything. Um, but that's feelings over facts. So facts, I would say, um, what would you recommend? Like, what's just one piece of advice you would like a new video creator to know? Mm. Uh, I would have to say, if you're just getting started, stay, keep the main thing, the main thing. A lot of times the biggest distractions or the biggest limitations that people experience are only based on them. It has honestly nothing to do with the external influences or issues that are actually happening because you haven't done enough work to actually be impacted by those things that are happening, right? And so somebody could be saying, well, I can't get my driver's license because, you know, the tire sales have gone up. That has nothing to do with you borrowing your sister's car to go take the test. It has zero things to do with it. Like nothing in your environment suggests that you can't do this. And a lot of times people just have to check their mental state for what they're doing. Your capacity is that you're at right now, like you, the best that you know, the very best teaching, the best courses that you've paid for, the best videos that you've watched, the best your your parents or guardians have done for you, the best of everything, even your best thinking has gotten you to where you are now. You now need better external influences from other people, mentors and coaches that actually know what the hell they are doing to actually bring you to another level. So getting started is honestly all on you. Because you just have to have the desire to want more and to serve uh, a core audience of people that honestly need you in whatever area. But if you don't find value in it enough to do it, they'll never seek you. They'll never find you. And they'll always be left wanting without knowing what that solution was because you didn't show up. So I would I would really focus on like the mental barriers that you're you think you're going to experience may not even be true. It may not even be a problem for you. But if you don't keep the main thing, the main thing. All distractions are always going to be equal. They'll always stop you from pursuing what you need to pursue. That's, that's amazing. That's amazing. Um, I'm going to let that sink in <laughs> off air, but, uh, <laughs> um, okay. Where can people work with you? How do you work with people? What's going on there? Okay. Um, you can always find me at dinagladney.com. Everything's at Diana Gladney. Um, even on social, except for Twitter, it's the number two because I screwed up the first account and couldn't get back in. <laughs> <So> <laughs> everything is uh, dinagladney.com. Awesome. And do you, do you like, are you typically doing courses? Are you coaching? I mean, yeah. I'm, so we do have yeah. uh, coaching, which for most people, if they're just like getting started and want to, to dive in a few, few things, we have like 30 minute sessions and then 60 minute sessions, depending on your needs. And then we actually do have a course um, that launched called Mastering Micro Content. So you can go to masteringmicro.live if you want to get access to that. And that'll walk you through like, how do you take the content that you are creating, break that up into micro content so you can really serve that to your audience. And you do that like spectacularly well on, on the social media. Like you just, you, no one, no one stays more consistent on their output game and quality as you, you know, like for real, like, you know, like, um, and I, I can only assume that you don't have a Gary V level style of like 27 people in an office somewhere (laughs) chopping up Diana content. Like 
You know, like, um, do you got 27 people hidden? We don't have 27 yet. You know, we have 27. Right. We just we just hit three in the company. But, you know, that that is, uh, again, goals upon goals. So I'll let you know when we hit 27. (laughs) (laughs) Well, congrats on all your success. And I know it's so well deserved. And I'm excited to um, keep following and keep learning and keep being inspired because you inspire me. And I know a lot of people to become better creators. Um, I like I still have like so many more questions. Um, so hopefully maybe one day in the future we could do a part two. Um, (laughs) and I'm going to end things there and, uh, hop off. And then, um, as I'm working today, be listening to your YouTube videos in the background. (laughs) (laughs) I greatly appreciate it. Thank you, Diana, so much. My pleasure. It's been such an honor to be here. How awesome was Diana? Thank you again, Diana, for coming on the podcast. It was an honor and a pleasure to chat with you. Again, I'm going to make sure to link everything for Diana in the show notes. So check that out. And as you're going through her content on YouTube, uh, maybe you realize, you know, I could do this video thing. It's not so scary. Diana's breaking it down quite nicely. Well, I created a new service called Podcast Pro. And basically what you could do is create some video content like Diana teaches you to. And then we can transform that into a podcast really easy. You don't have to do all the editing for the podcast part of it. Um, Basically, you just hit record, share the file with us, and then we take care of the rest and give you pieces of content to share on your social media. It's really cool. It's something that I wanted and I knew other people would want it. And then the feedback for it has been amazing. So I know um, we're on something great here. So that service is called Podcast Pro. You can go to www.digitalpodcaster.com to learn more about that and simplify your whole podcasting experience and make it really easy to grow your message, grow your audience, and all that good stuff. I want to thank you so much for listening. It means a lot, and I would love to know more about what you enjoy, what parts of the episode, things like that. So feel free to always send me an email at hello at digitalpodcaster.com. And for now, I hope you're having a good week. I'll talk to you soon. Bye.